Ad Infinitum is the only podcast solely focused on audio ads. The creatives who make them, the latest thinking that informs them, how the space is evolving, and my favorite part, a roundup of recent audio ads and analysis by yours truly, Stu Redwine, VP Creative at Oxford Road, and each episode's guest. This episode's title is Audio Nudges, and our guest is Phil Agnew. Welcome to the show, Phil. Hey, hey. Thanks for having me, Stu. So glad to be here. It's awesome to have you. You know, I listen to Nudge constantly. It is an absolute go-to for me when it comes to persuasion and the thinking on it um, over time and the latest thinking. I tell everybody about it. So super thrilled to have you on. Thank you, mate. Well, I spend a lot of time thinking about audio ads for my show, Nudge, so I'm very excited to talk to you. Excellent, excellent. And a little bit about Phil. He's a senior product marketer at Buffer, product marketing ambassador at the PMA, and the host of Nudge, like we're talking about, the only podcast dedicated to consumer psychology. So, Phil, what I want to point out is that our main audience here for Ad Infinitum is what we at Oxford Road call the chief audio officer. That isn't a role that exists. Maybe if we keep talking about it, it'll be one. But in a sense, there's always somebody that is making a decision on either stewarding or deciding on the budgets of what's going to get invested into audio. So that's really who we're talking about. So my first note for any chief audio officers, regardless of what their title is, the person that's a, you know in charge of stewarding or deciding on the budgets for audio is Listen to Nudge by Phil Agnew. And Phil, what's been your journey in getting into the history of advertising and persuasion? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I spent the last 10 years in marketing. I spent 50,000 British pounds on a marketing degree, which was largely useless. Um, and I, I went into a marketing role, you know, around almost 10 years ago. And um, I figured out after spending all this time and all this money on a marketing degree that in this marketing role, I was pretty useless at marketing. All of the things I was being asked to do, whether it be, you know, write a blog post or come up with an email subject line or create some messaging for our website that'll compel people to buy. I was trying to do all these things and I was almost useless at it, despite having so much time spending learning the textbook sort of marketing practice. And then I stumbled upon the world of psychology and behavioral science and realized that marketing doesn't have to be based on gut instinct or sort of best practice advice. It can be based on laws and a little bit of science, the science of psychology because we've spent basically hundreds of years trying to understand how people make decisions. This is the field of of psychology and behavioral science. And we're pretty good at figuring out why people make the decisions they do. We've got really hard evidence into this. And if you apply this psychology, consumer psychology and behavioral science to your marketing, you can be much better at predicting if people will open your email, if people will read your blog, if people will buy your product. And since then, which was about eight years ago, I've spent a lot of time studying the world of consumer psychology. Four years ago, I created my podcast, Nudge, where I interview experts, people much, much smarter than me on the topic. And I try to figure out you know, how this stuff works. And I apply it myself in my day job at, at Buffer. Um, but you mentioned mere exposure. Is, is that one you'd want to talk about a bit, Stu? Yes, absolutely. Because I think a recent conversation I've been having in person and then like on LinkedIn is about the quality of synth voices and uh, whether or not that's a turnoff or something. And if you can, you know, is it patronizing? You know, how lifelike do they sound? And, you know, the uncanny valley and all these different dimensions. And part of me just goes, mere exposure effect. Like, 
the folks that are working on these synth voices, I was just talking with somebody yesterday who that is their entire business is making these voices. They're trying really hard to make them human. And as they're doing that and the voices are getting better, we're getting exposed to them. And with the mere exposure effect, as far as my understanding of it and from listening to you, is we actually are going to begin to like these voices. And then once they actually catch human voices, well, we'll like them as much as we like human voices. But in the interim, even if it is kind of synthetic sounding, if I hear a synthetic voice all the time, over time, I will begin to like the voice. Like, do I have that right? I mean, pretty much. I think the best example I can give of that is the sort of TikTok narrator audio voice, which is a very synthetic sort of robot-esque reading the caption that's put on top of TikTok videos. I love podcasts. And that's very popular now. <laughs> Some of the most viral TikTok videos have this voice. And yeah, this goes a little bit towards the mere exposure effect. And the mere exposure effect is very simple. It means the more you are exposed to something, the more likely you are to like, remember, recall, but specifically like that thing. So there's a great study which was done with Chinese uh, literature, so Chinese characters, so essentially words in, in Mandarin. And these Chinese characters were shown to university students in the USA. These university students, they hadn't studied Mandarin. They didn't know what the characters meant. They had no inkling to what they meant, you know, completely um, unaware of what these characters actually meant. And what happened in the study is some of the characters were shown more often than other characters. So say the word for, I don't know, desk was shown a little bit more than the word for fence, for example. And what they discovered after asking the university students to rate how much they liked the different characters, how much they liked the look of them, for example, is that the characters that were shown more often were essentially liked much more than the ones that were shown less. So repeat exposure to something makes you more likely to like it. There was another really odd study in another American university where at the start of term all the students went and sat down in the university lecture hall and at the back of the class somebody was dressed in a black bin bag so just sitting at the back of the class is some dude in a black bin bag you can't see their face you, you can't even see you know what gender they are like a black trash bag a black trash bag a black trash bag yeah and the first day this happened people were freaking out they were asking the, the lecturer what's going on the lecturer refused to say didn't say what was going on and people were like what the hell is this and then they came to the second lecture a week later and they were still there and they were a little bit creeped out and then the third and then the fourth and then by the end of term Oh, by the way, after every lecture, the lecturer had polled people on what they, you know, how they felt about this menacing figure in the back of the room. And at the start of the term, people were very concerned, people were very scared. But after a lot of repeat exposure, by the end of term, people had really grown to love this person with a black trash bag over their head. Um, there was like reports of them saying, oh, they, they would really miss him if he wasn't there. And that's a, you know, a bit of a novel way of thinking about the mere exposure effect. But of course, this can be applied to advertising and all sorts of marketing in different ways. It essentially means that the more somebody sees your message, the more somebody sees your brand, the more somebody sees your ad, naturally, the more likely they are to like it. Um, it's a bit of an evolutionary trait. We are more naturally inclined to people we see more often. And the same is probably true for simp voices, Stu, and I'm sure there are lots of other examples as well. Check out this latest video with Phil Agnew showing you all the secrets of marketing on his podcast, Nudge. That was my, I was trying to do the TikTok voice. That was scary. <laughs> that was really scary. Thanks for, thanks for terrifying me there. We don't have video on here, so that was really petrifying. I was thinking, who's this? 
Okay, guys, let's listen to some ads. All right. So this week we're talking about the value prop. Let's get into, you know, how are some people doing this in their ads, right? That's what we want to talk about. So we're going to talk about Audiolytics key component number two, which is a value prop. It goes setup, value prop, positioning, demonstration, substantiation, offer scarcity path, and execution. So let's zoom in on the value prop. The definition that we use for value prop is what is it? Clearly communicate the name of the brand, define the brand's product or service, and state the outcome and benefits created by use of the brand's product or service. All right, so that's what we're talking about when it comes up to the value prop. And what I wanna do is zoom in and listen to ads by Kohl's, State Farm, AutoZone, and Granger, all advertisers here in the United States that over the last year have spent um, tens of millions of dollars a piece on radio here in the United States. So I think we should start with Coles. You ready to take a listen? Yeah, let's go. I don't know about you, but freshening up my house for spring is one of my favorite times of the year. That's why I'm so glad I made a stop at Coles, where I was able to save 25% off must-haves from Sonoma Goods for Life, like new decor for my living room and the spotless sheets for my bedroom. Plus, I earned Coles cash. So if you want to spend less on your spring home refresh, you know where to go. Select styles. Offer ends March 12th. See store or Kohl's.com for details. So there we go. So I'll tell you the grade after for the Kohl's spot. But first, I want to hear what you think, Phil. Yeah, I've got some thoughts. I liked this one. Um, I, I think it used two interesting biases. Uh, maybe not so much in the actual messaging. You know, the core message maybe wasn't as compelling as, as it could be. But there were two interesting biases it used. So it started by referencing, you know, this springtime. And that's a really powerful thing to reference um, in your in your ads. Because what that is, is it's called, known in psychology, as a fresh start effect. So, or a fresh start date, I should say. And these fresh start dates that were discovered or sort of popularized by a researcher called Katie Milkman. And she did a bunch of studies where she was trying to encourage people to start a new habit. So whether that is going to the gym or reading a book. And what she found is people were far more likely to start a new habit if they were encouraged to start it on what's called a fresh start date. So a sort of significant date in your mind. So your next birthday, a new year, a new season. So spring, which is what Coles are doing here, which I think they're using very well, or even next week. And these fresh start dates can be very effective if you use them. So if you encourage people to do something in this big momentous date, so next spring, for example, people are more likely to do something. And I've actually tested this myself with Nudge, not with an audio ad, but with a Reddit ad. On my Reddit ad, I encouraged people, I think I had a normal ad for Nudge saying, you know, it's the only podcast dedicated to consumer psychology. And then I had a question at the end. I said, would you listen in the next few days in one variant that went to 50% of people. So no fresh start date. And then in the second variant, I said, will you listen next week? Which is a small fresh start variant. You know, it's just basically saying like, start of the new week, next Monday, will you listen? And what happens is when I say next few days, only 9.1% clicked and essentially said, yes, they would listen. When I said next Monday, next week, 15.9% clicked and listened. So people were far more likely to act when there was this fresh start date, this this date in the future. And I think what Coles are doing with spring is, is quite nice as well. I also like the end of the ad where they say, oh, that ends March 18th. Now, this is something that is quite common in ads, but is not as common elsewhere. But essentially, if you say your offer ends at this date, you're basically pulling in a bit of scarcity. You're saying this is a scarce resource, this offer is scarce, it will run out after a bit of time, it won't last forever. And there's one example of an industry that doesn't do this at all. And it's such a shame. So it's the movie industry. Movie industries never say when the movie will come off air, when the movie will stop screening in cinemas. They instead say coming to theatres near you on Halloween, whatever it is. But 
when movies do say that, when movies do say ending this week, something interesting happened. Richard Shotton, a psychologist here in the UK, studied this. He showed people the same movies and he said to one group, will you go and watch this movie? And one group saw that the movie was airing in spring, for example. And the other group saw that the movie would stop airing on June 17th, for example. And the group that saw when the movie would stop airing were 36% more likely to actually go and attend that movie than the ones who just saw when it was coming on air. So it's really smart that Coles say when that offer will stop being around because that will drive people to action far more than saying, oh, this offer is available from today. All great points. And from an audiolytic standpoint, uh, Coles received a 60% at our, our target for all in-market creative is a 90%. So it received a 60% because there's a couple of things that it could do differently just to sharpen up what's already there and what's already good. So specifically around the value prop, like we said, we want to clearly communicate the name of the brand, define the brand's product or service, and state the outcome and benefits created by use of the brand's product or service. So when we're looking at this, What is interesting is that that's all sort of implied. I don't know about you, but freshening up my house for spring is one of my favorite times of the year. That's an intro. Is that also the value prop is freshening your home for the spring? That's why I'm so glad I made a stop at Kohl's where I was able to save 25% off must have some Sonoma's good for life. So is that the value prop that you can save on Sonoma goods for life? Like new decor for my living room and the softest sheets for my bedroom. Is the value prop living room decor? Is it the bed sheets? And then it goes on to talk about the offer, uh, end date. The point is it's saying a lot of good things. They could just be reordered and sharpened to be more single-minded and then create clarity around what is the value prop for Kohl's for this ad. And is it really the 25% off with Sonoma Goods for Life? Well then like, let's lead with that perhaps craft an intro around that like is Kohl's the only place that you can get that big of an offer on Sonoma Goods for Life just for spring until March 12th then go there right now the ad feels like it's trying to be a few things when it could be more single-minded and particularly around what is the value prop Mm, thank you you're making a really good point there I think you're you're bang on this G all right let's listen to the next one it's from State Farm Welcome to What If, the show where I, Jake from State Farm, answer your insurance what ifs. We've got a call from Millie. What's up? Hi, Jake. Uh, What if, hypothetically, a moose gets mad at my car and (gasps) rams into my windshield? Hypothetically. Oh, just file a claim on the app. At State Farm, we're there for your what ifs. Great, but what if the moose eats my phone? Hypothetically. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Yeah, it's a bit odd, isn't it? It's like, it's not a typical ad you would listen to. I don't think people will come away with a feeling of being like, oh, I really understand what they're going for there. I think what they're trying to do is avoid reactants, which we spoke about earlier, right? They're, they're trying to avoid these typical ads, which just say, oh, State Farm is, is fantastic. We're leaders in the field. We've got the most innovative tech. Come to us for a quote today, for sort of thing. They're trying to avoid that by you know, framing this as a conversation between two people. It's meant to be, I guess, sort of lighthearted. I think it's meant to be funny. I don't think it does a very good job. I just think it executes really poorly. I don't think it's it's funny and, and it's meant to be. I think the copy's like a little poorly written. And I think trying to get this sort of conversation style ad into 30 seconds just doesn't really work for me. So yeah, not one that I think many people will learn too much from. I don't know. What do you think, Stu? Well, I mean... 
I agree with you on it's like it's not quite there. I mean, from an audiolytics grading standpoint, this one scored lower than Cole's uh, with a 50%. I think, again, there's a lack of clarity. And it's like, you know, we pulled these ads based on spins. So these are advertisers that are spending, like I said, tens of millions of dollars a year in audio. And in looking at this State Farm ad, just from our grading standpoint, it's just missing some of the key components where it's making this trade on going, I want to be entertaining, which the insurance companies tend to do. But whether I know it or not, I'm going to trade a lot on clarity. You know, if we really were trying to be as direct as possible, essentially what's kind of on offer here is this what if program as if it was real, but it's not real. So really the only value prop in here is that you can call or go to State Farm for a quote. It's the very last thing that is said. And I think they didn't quite get there from a comedy standpoint, but that's where I have to be careful. So instead what I'll fall back on is structure and just to go like, okay, it's got an interesting setup. My value prop actually is buried. It's it's out of order. It's way at the end of the ad. So then I go, okay, well, are they positioning State Farm against anything else? No, not directly. Are they demonstrating State Farm? No, not directly, but in a goofy kind of uh, metaphorical way, as if this what-if program was real. Are they substantiating State Farm? Well, the mere fact that they're showing up on radio at the volume in which they show up on radio... I know that there's a psychological persuasive um, effect for that. What's that called? Where is it? It's cost signaling or something like that? Yes. Co costly signaling. Costly yes, signaling. Yes. So, so that's something we look at of like just being on national radio and having this level of production quality has some persuasive capabilities, right? Is that the right understanding of costly signaling? Yeah. The basic meaning is the cost you incur to send your message directly correlates and increases the value upon which the audience will receive that message so you know if you if you try to propose to someone in a burger king you're not incurring much cost you know but if you do it at a michelin star restaurant you're far more likely to get the yes that you want and the same is true for advertising you know if you do a super bowl ad people will just perceive that brand as being better because it has the money to buy a super bowl ad so being on national radio definitely does help precisely so that has a weight in and of itself uh but still that one's at a 50 doesn't have a super clear value prop again Kohl's doesn't have a very super clear value prop so let's go to AutoZone. AutoZone welcome to AutoZone so you need to change your oil right now you can get five quarts of Valvoline daily protection or Valvoline max life high mileage motor oil with an STP oil filter plus an STP air filter or cabin air filter for just $36.99 visit one of our 6,000 stores or order from AutoZone.com for same day store pickup or next day delivery AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Do they have AutoZone in the UK, Phil? That's the question. I think they've got a variant of it. I think they've got a... I'm not a car driver, so actually, <laughs> these companies are... So this ad's way off target for you. Way off target. Yeah, that might affect my score. Okay, yeah. So what uh, What do you see is going on here? Do, is, is AutoZone... How, how are they faring compared to those other two? So let's get into the difference of this ad. This ad is, is sort of... It's getting really into the product. It's really just saying, here's what you can buy. Here's how much it is. Here's where you can buy it. Here's what's available in it. You know, it is like the most, I, I guess, basic form of marketing you could go for. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, just clearly saying what you were offering 
can make it very easy for your target customer who, let's face it, that you're going to have a lot of your target customer driving cars who need this type of service, can make it very easy for them to make a decision. So there's elements of this which are really good in that sense in terms of if you are the target customer and you're listening to that ad, you are probably quite likely to take action because they make it very easy for you to take action. You know exactly what they have on offer. You know exactly how much it costs. You know there are 6,000 stores around the country where you can go and you can go and get that thing. Now, I think it could be better I think they could be doing a few more things to make it more interesting. I think they could add a bit of scarcity in there, maybe saying an offer only lasts a bit of a week. You could potentially do a bit of labor illusion. So there's this wonderful thing called labor illusion where, you know, you can sort of say all of the work that has gone into creating that oil. So just saying like, oh, we've spent, you know, five years manufacturing this oil, trying to get it as perfect as we possibly can and is now available for you for just 39. I basically think they could add a little bit more value but I accept that this is a 30 second ad and there's not much time to do that. And AutoZone have probably been advertising lots of different ads, which has added that value to their brand. So in terms of keeping it easy, keeping it simple, making it easy enough for people to take action. Yeah, I think, I think AutoZone have done a, a pretty good job. What do you think, Stu? Yeah, so this one scored the highest so far with Audiolytics scoring of a 70%. Just like you said, it's clear and there's just a there's a power to clarity, you know, and I think sometimes it can be underrated, though this one's making a trade where it's not doing anything emotional, right? Other than making any sort of associations to whatever memory structures exist for get in the zone, auto zone, right? Like, do you feel good about that? Do you already feel good about auto zone? You, you went in with a car that wasn't running as well. When you left the auto zone, it was running better. Um, you didn't know if you needed a fan belt or whatever. Like, so there's, there is emotion and positivity around that, right? Even though it is very feature and fact driven, which is why it's scoring higher, not necessarily because of that, but because it's more single minded. It's, it sounds like you need to change your oil. Now, it'd be kind of cool if there was some sort of sound even associated around that. But like you said, it's a 30 and how much you're going to do. But they go right in for it and it's very clear. And with that, it's it's scoring higher primarily because of the clarity and that they're driving you with a single-minded message. And I think from a sonic branding standpoint, they've got their jingle, they've got the sound, that all is going to help reinforce with the mere exposure effect. If it's talking about oil changes today and wiper blades when it's rainy, we're going to get in the zone. All right. And the last one that we want to listen to is Granger. Here we go. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, Phil, get it done. What do you think? This was my favorite. So hey. think about who Granger are targeting here. They're targeting these professionals working professionals maybe you know who need the the industrial supplies that they're offering and they don't just say to them oh come and buy our industrial supplies you need them they actually are trying to form their message in a way which corresponds with their target audience's existing beliefs so they're saying without you working tirelessly which 
hopefully a lot of people think they do do, everything important would stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, power plants. And that's a really smart approach to go down because it's conforming to the existing beliefs that people have. And there's this bias we all have called the confirmation bias, which is that we seek out views, news and opinions that are similar to the views and opinions that we already hold. So if, you know, I read that podcasting is the next greatest medium that will, that will you know, hit the world, I'll read that and I'll agree with that. Whereas if I see an article saying podcasting is pretty rubbish, I probably won't even look at it because it doesn't conform with my existing belief. And what I love about what this ad from Granger is doing is it's trying to conform with the existing beliefs of the people they're trying to target. And I think it does a really good job in doing that. So this one was one of my favorites. I really liked how it used the confirmation bias. Um, there's another great example of, of a similar ad in the UK, which was done with a coffee brand called Costa Coffee. Um, so this, co- this Costa Coffee is a high street coffee brand. It's owned by Coca-Cola now. And they did a, a nationwide ad, I think on radio, but also TV as well. And in the ad, they simply said, the most loved brand by coffee lovers. And by doing that, they're basically saying, we're not loved by everyone, but coffee lovers really do tend to love us. So the specific type of people really do tend to love us. And by focusing your ad on a specific type of people, conforming to their beliefs, you tend to get much better results. And and Costa Coffee, I think, got a huge return on investment for that ad. And I'm, I'm sure Granger would get a similar benefit because they're basically targeting this target audience and they're conforming to their existing beliefs, which is a, a neat method to go about. Thank you. I think where you've got, on the one hand, you know, the two highest scoring ads here here this one scored a 65 percent. okay so cole's had a 60 state farm 50 autozone 70 granger 65 and a big component what i'm seeing in here is just clarity how much clarity do i have what trades am i making on clarity and then we can talk a bit about the value prop but absolutely that granger is making more of an emotional appeal they're talking specifically to these people that are the folks that are making the decisions about professional grade industrial supplies. I think they've made this trade where you don't know it's Granger until 15 seconds into the ad. So that's a common thing that we see. And I think in audio, it's like, you know, you you want to say your name early and often. You want to say your name within just the first few seconds. Granger has made a trade on that. I think there's a couple little things they could do that would catapult their score right up to the top where our ideal score is 90% where potentially you actually start with at Granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies because without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running like I understand softening the target and trying to come in emotionally and then make this appeal where you know you look at AutoZone and they're just boom they're coming right in at you with these facts and this price still you know, that would be a fantastic thing to test or potentially change is like just move up the line of the value prop, which is professional grade industrial supplies. Uh, Let's move that higher up in the message. Okay. Well, Phil, thank you for coming on ad infinitum. We graded a few ads. I think uh, in summary, we've got Coles and State Farm weren't as clear as they could have been. Our two front runners as far as the highest scores with Audiolytics or AutoZone and Granger. So between those two, looking at the value prop, what is on uh, wh- what is this brand or service offering? Who do you think does the better job, AutoZone or Granger? Yeah, my my preference 
is just for Granger. I like how it's a smart thing to do, right? Think about your target audience, deeply understand them, and say something that they uniquely believe in. There's another great example. There's this amazing um, UK plant sales shop where they sell indoor plants, and their target audience is people who are crap at keeping plants alive. Yeah, so people who who literally all their indoor plants tend That's to die. Great. And so with their messaging, they say indoor plants that are almost unkillable. So really playing to the beliefs that you know people have that lots of plants are killable, and then trying to counter that, you know, saying oh these ours are almost unkillable. They could just say indoor plants for sale, but they say almost unkillable indoor plants. And I think they're using a similar thing of, of really deeply understanding their target audience and trying to speak in a language that they would resonate with. And that's why I really liked the Granger one. But um, it was a close call, and I really enjoyed listening to them, Stu. Thanks so much for sharing them with me. Yes, thank you for playing the game. You know, if we're not having fun, what's the point, right? So thank you, Phil for joining the Ad Infinitum podcast, where we discuss audio advertising and break down audio ads. This week, with a focus on audio looks, key component number two, value prop. Props to us and everyone making the ads work in audio, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you've got aspects of audio advertising you'd like us to discuss or suggestions for a guest on the show or want to be a guest, please email creative, C-R-E-A-T-I-V-E at Oxford Road, O-X-F-O-R-D-R-O-A-D.com. And until our next show, remember to have fun making the ads work.